Welcome to the Shed the Shame podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Whitens, online women's mental and emotional wellness coach, educator, and mental health advocate. My mission is to create and embrace a new norm of processing emotions and healing trauma. This will allow us to collectively shed the shame, guilt, and stigmas around mental health, emotional well-being, and self-care. It's long overdue for society to empower women to shamelessly focus on their own health and wellness so they can self-heal and, in turn, model that healing in their relationships and especially for their children. This podcast is a place for inspiration, education, and tools on how to confidently break the societal patterns that keep us stuck, unhappy, and unfulfilled in life. It's time to start creating the healthy and happy life you've always dreamed of. Together, we can do this one episode at a time. So without further ado, let's dive right in and shed the shame. Hey everyone, welcome to Shed the Shame. In today's episode, you'll be listening in on a training call that I did for women taking part in a weight loss coaching program. You'll hear excerpts of tips and tricks that you can apply to your life regardless of if you're on a health journey or not. So get your pen and paper out, you're gonna need it. Without further ado, here we go. Okay, welcome, welcome everybody. So tonight... We have a special, special presentation for you. We're going to talk about how to stop making excuses so you can succeed, so you can achieve your goals. You guys are all here because there is a goal in mind that you have, but we all get stuck every once in a while, right? We get caught up with our excuses. I am really good at making excuses, so I feel like I can probably speak from experience on this topic, (laughs) but we probably all can, right? Because we all start making excuses when we don't want to take responsibility for what we've committed to. And because of that, we do that over and over and over again. And that makes making excuses a habit. Okay. Because it gives you an out and it allows you to not take responsibility for something that you committed to. So when you don't feel like doing it, your brain kicks in and comes up with a reason so you don't feel bad about not following through. So then you experience relief, right? Because you're feeling icky for not sticking to your commitment. So then your brain's like, oh, well, we'll just like, here's an excuse. Like you just have too much going on or you're overwhelmed or you don't have time, right? All that stuff comes up. And so we feel a little bit of relief and relief is addicting. But the thing is that relief is temporary and it also doesn't help us in the long run because then we feel worse. But it works well enough to keep us stuck in that excuse-making cycle. And so making excuses is a form of self-sabotage and it's connected to an emotion, which is usually fear. And we're gonna get a little bit more into that in just a minute. So excuses are also a form of negative self-talk because every time that you make an excuse, you're telling yourself you don't deserve what you want. And then your your brain believes that because your brain believes anything you tell it. And that leads to a failure to get the results that you want, right? Because it's exacerbating the cycle because you end up telling your things like, I never get what I want. There's no way out. 
it's hopeless. I'm hopeless. I'll never be able to change. I don't know what to do. So then what do you do? You do nothing. You stay stuck in that state and in that cycle. Remember, again, your subconscious mind believes whatever you tell it. So if you're dishing out this crap, talk to yourself, this negative self-talk, these stories that fulfill your excuses, then it's going to believe it. And you're not going to be able to break out of that cycle of excuse making. The trick here is to use your dumb brain to your smart advantage. Since it believes whatever you tell it, and it accepts it as truth, start telling it things that serve you instead of things that sabotage you. So when your thoughts are positive and constructive and loving, your brain will then start doing things to prove you right. But if you are in a negative cycle and an excuse-making cycle, and you've been that way for a very, very long time, you have to work extremely hard and be extremely intentional about breaking this cycle and being very thoughtful and careful with what you're thinking. The trick here is to actually believe in what you want and what you're capable of. So that way you can do what it takes to actually get it. And that can be tricky because a lot of times, you know, we'll do affirmations and we tell ourselves things and a lot of times you don't believe it, right? But you've been told like, well, you just, you know, say it until you believe it. But it's not always that easy, especially for someone who's been so caught up in that negative self-talk for years and years and years. It's habit and your brain automatically does it. So you have to be intentional about creating a vision for yourself that you can get behind and that you feel emotionally connected to. So here are three keys to boost your self-confidence your belief, and your success, because that is directly related to you doing the things that you need to keep doing in order to be successful in your journey, okay? So here are the three, the three keys. So when you're working on achieving a goal, the first thing you want to do is find something you love about what you're doing. So when you're happy about what you're doing, you can enjoy the fruits of your labor and feel fulfilled, right? And that's the definition of true success. Because think about it, when you do something that you, you know, aren't really totally into, you might feel a, a little bit of sense of accomplishment, but it's nothing compared to when you like fully believe and, and love what you're doing. So for example, in your health and wellness journey, um, find something within your journey that you absolutely love a piece of it that you really, really like. So for instance, for me, when I was doing my health and wellness journey, as far as like exercising and eating healthy and doing a lot of mindset work, the things that I really loved, I really loved, I've done and tried all different kinds of exercise. And the one thing that I actually super love to do is lift weights. There's something powerful about it for me. And so I really connected to that and that helped keep me accountable. Okay. Because I enjoyed doing it. It made me feel powerful. I also loved the mindset piece. I studied, I read books. I took part in programs. I had coaches to help me. I loved that part of it. I journaled, I did routines. I, I did so much mindset work. And so 
that piece in and of itself, the mindset piece really does help with the overall goal too, because, because when you're working on that piece, you're learning about yourself and learning about the things you do that don't serve you and the things that you can do that are your strengths that will serve you in the areas where you're not so strong. So for example, like, you know, meal planning and cooking is not a strength of mine. I don't really enjoy it. I don't like to take the time to do it. So what are some things that I like? I love figuring out hacks for things to make things easier. I like to do certain organizational types of things. And so I use those skills to hack my food. I know that sounds kind of weird, but you know, I don't want to spend hours in the kitchen meal prepping and doing that sort of thing. So I would create shortcuts to help me there. You know, one of those things I've talked to you guys about before is to like, if you don't like meal prepping on the weekend or something, do something during your meal prepping that you love to do, like listen to your favorite music from high school or something. So then that gets you in a good mood. So then you can connect that emotion to your meal prep time. So then your meal prep time becomes your me time where I get to jam out in the kitchen and nobody bothers me. Even though I'm cooking and doing something that I don't like, I know I get my me time and I get to blissfully listen to music uninterrupted. And then you prioritize that and make sure everybody in your household household knows that we don't bother mom, we don't bother wife or partner when she's in the kitchen doing her thing, because then that's going to mean disaster for us. Like that's her time. And you set that expectation for that. All right. The second key is to become an expert in a specific niche inside your goal. So what I mean by that is kind of like finding something that you love, become an expert. So like for me, all this mindset stuff, I you know do all these mindset trainings and I do coaching and have clients all revolving around mindset. I have become an expert in that specific niche. And so it motivates me. It's a part of something bigger. And then what that turns into is I can share that knowledge, which connects to the third key, which is that your success helps more than just yourself. So when you start getting experience and gaining knowledge and becoming an expert with something, you can share that with other people. And so when you're in a community setting, like, you know, in a Facebook group or something that supports your journey, you can say, Hey, I found this hack. Like I found, this is something that I do. That's, you know, that's easy and it saves me time and you can share that. And that feels really, really good to be able to share your knowledge and share your expertise and share your tips. So serving others brings more joy and fulfillment to the process. And when you help others reach their goals, you can keep working towards your own as well. So this is, you know, when we think about making excuses, I want to kind of go over the difference between what happens when we make excuses consistently versus taking responsibility consistently. And when you're consistently making excuses, you know, you say it's basically, you know, oh, it's not my fault. That's the basis of an excuses. You're pushing off responsibility. And what happens is the snowball effect, right? So then you have a lack of control over the outcome because you're not taking responsibility and not taking action. If you don't have the outcomes that you want, that lowers your motivation 
everyone has experienced this, right? You make excuse, you have a goal, you make excuses. So you don't do the things that will get you to your goal. So then you're not getting the outcomes that you want. So then your motivation tanks because you're not making the progress you want. So then you don't get results. They're either bad results or no results. And so think about the opposite of that. When you do take responsibility and you say something instead of, well, I can't, or it's not my fault, or I'm going to not do that today or whatever it is. Instead, when that comes into your head, ask yourself, well, what can I do differently? How can I make this work? What are some things I can put in place to help me succeed? And we'll get into some of those steps in a little bit. This gives you more control over your outcomes. You start seeing results and your motivation then increases because you're getting this jolt of satisfaction of having some good outcomes little by little by little. All right. So then your results start to come. So on this key of taking responsibility now. We, we know what it looks like to make excuses. We know what happens when we continue to make excuses. So we want to learn how to take responsibility because that's really the issue, right? Like we know what we should be doing, but we lack the motivation or, or whatever is there's something missing that forces us to take responsibility. Okay. So I'm going to lead you through a process here on how to quit making excuses. And so I'm going to give you kind of the notes of like, well, here's what you do, you know, like kind of the black and white stuff. And then I'm going to give you more of the like emotional mindset stuff. So you can put it together into a format that will work for you and you can individualize so that you can take responsibility and quit making all of the excuses, okay? So there's three steps to taking responsibility, and that is to strategize, to focus, and to commit. And so one thing that you always want to remember is that if it's important to you, you'll make the time. If it's not important to you, you'll make an excuse. And sometimes I believe in this quote, and sometimes I don't. And the reason I say that is because, well, yeah, it's important to me to be healthy and to do the things that keep my mind and my body healthy, but sometimes it just doesn't work out, right? Like sometimes I do have excuses and I make excuses. That doesn't mean it's not important to you. Overall, it's important to you. But remember, in the moment, you have to reconnect with how important it really is to you in order for this to work. Before we get into breaking down those three steps, there's one thing, there's some things you need to understand about how your mind works, okay? And so what you need to do before you start diving into these steps is you need to start paying attention to what happens when you start making excuses and particularly to how you feel. So when you're about to make an excuse, so you don't have to do something, pay attention, like listen to what's happening. Look at what's happening. What emotions are driving you to come up with that excuse and why? So you really want to connect with the emotion. What is it that I'm feeling? Typically, like I said in the beginning, it's a fear of something, Everything that halts us in taking action breaks down into a fear. You know, I came up with a couple here, like the fear of failure. 
well, if I don't really try, then I can't fail. Right. And I know that in the past that that has been something that has stopped me from making progress on my goals, but I didn't really believe it. I just thought that was like, oh, that's what people say. Like, oh, if I don't, if I don't try, I can't fail. Like, I don't really feel that way. But when I really broke it down and thought about it and let that process, it was true. I didn't want to look like a failure in front of my peers. So if I didn't really put my all into it, if I didn't really try that hard, I had an excuse. Well, I didn't really want it. So you know, that it didn't really happen. So like, I'm good with it. Right. And then if it didn't look like I gave my all, then, you know, then that was a good excuse. That's why it didn't happen for me. I didn't have to take accountability or responsibility for why I had failed. Okay. A fear of success is another one. This one for a long time didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, why would people be afraid of being successful? That doesn't make sense. Like you get what you want if you're successful. But the thing is, you get to that point and then what? So what happens after you get what you want? Some people are really, really scared of what comes after that because they're afraid of change, which is the next one, a fear of change. You know, thinking things like, I can't handle this. I like things to stay the way they are. And then, then I know what to expect and there's no surprises. I just want to keep on cruising and, you know, not be distracted by any surprises. Many people like to stay in that state of comfort in that state of, you know, not experiencing any type of unexpected change because that is terrifying. And then there's also the fear of feeling things that you don't want to feel which are all of those, but specifically insecurity, self-esteem kind of ties into what I talked about before of not wanting to look like a failure in front of others. And then other people can connect to more of an insecurity and low self-esteem where they self-sabotage by thinking, well, I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy of this. I'm not good enough. So when you understand and start and start taking note of what happens when you start making excuses, connect to that fear and understand it. Because when you understand it, you can understand what your brain is trying to do and why. So really nail down what's happening for you when you start to make excuses, where those excuses are coming from, where the feelings and negative emotions are coming from, how they trigger you and why. And then sit with it. Allow yourself to feel scared. Allow yourself to feel insecure. See what comes up for you. Journal about it. Allow yourself to process what you're learning about yourself without judgment. You cannot judge yourself during this process. It is a process that is yours. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. And there's no judging yourself on why you feel the way you feel. Because what has been kind of indoctrinated into our way of thinking is, especially when we're scared or we have any fears or we're insecure, have a low self-esteem, it's because we're constantly judging ourselves and we have that negative self-talk. When you're constantly judging yourself, you are creating this 
toxic, like waste site in your mind of you're not good enough. And you're, or, you know, you're talking down to yourself. And if you're talking down to yourself, that is going to underline, that's, that's going to completely take away your ability, ability to believe in yourself and in your ability to do what, what it is that you want to do. So you have to get rid of the judgment. And if you have trouble with judging yourself, there are some meditations that you can do and some exercises that you can do to forgive yourself for judging yourself. Like there's a journal exercise you can do. This is really simple. I'll mention real quick, write out how you judge yourself and why, and then write yourself a forgiveness letter. And then take that list of how you judge yourself and light that sucker on fire, burn it, throw it in the fireplace, destroy it. So you can destroy that self-sabotaging belief and you can move on. Okay, so the first step for taking responsibility and stopping that cycle of making excuses is to strategize, all right? So once you've set your goal, that's the first step, to set your goal. And I know you guys have access to a goal-setting recording. I also have a podcast episode on goal-setting And it's uh, episode 10, if you want to take a look at that. I'm not going to go into goal setting right now. That's a whole nother thing. That one is episode 10 of Shed the Shame. It's called Decipher Your Unique Code to Crush Your Goals, Stay Motivated, and Change Your Life. I had a guest expert come in, Peter Shaw. He's from Australia. You can take a look at that if you want a different look at goal setting and motivation. Once you get your goals out in front of you, you need to make a plan in order to achieve that goal. And the best way to do that is to outline it in a series of small manageable chunks. So break down your small chunks then into mini goals. This is really important. When you break those chunks down into mini goals, you can take care of them more easily. It doesn't seem like such a daunting task. So if you're working on your health and wellness, you know, you can just make a list of different goals that you want per week or things that you want to do per day. And I'll get into that next, but make those mini goals. So when, so you're not so overwhelmed and spread them out over time. Okay. And so like, for example, if meal planning is something that overwhelms you and it's easier for you to get it all done on one day for the week, then you don't have to think about it anymore. You're spreading that being prepared over time, but you're getting the meal planning done, you know, like every Sunday, that's your plan. So you've broken the nutrition piece down for your health and wellness goal into that plan. And then every week when you do, you know, when you, when you do your meal prepping, like when you get done, like do something to celebrate yourself because then you're going to, again, attach a positive emotion to, um, to a little mini goal that you have weekly, and then you get to celebrate yourself and then bask in and savor the feeling of the pride that you feel over your accomplishments, no matter how small they are, even if it is having a snack, a healthy snack, instead of, you know, munching on chips or something, if that's part of what you're trying to do and some of the habits that you're trying to change, that's a good one too. On the mindset piece, if you're trying to work on your, you know, self-care of, of your mind and emotions, 
you know, something as simple as shutting your phone off and putting it away an hour before bed every night so that you get enough rest and so that your brain prepares for sleep so you can get a full night's of healthy, good for you rest. Okay. So these are all things that tie into your self-care and make them mini goals. So they're manageable and not overwhelming. That is the strategy piece, how you can come up with a strategy. Step two in taking responsibility is focus. There's two pieces to focus. The first piece to focus is how to stay focused by organizing your life. And this is very cut and dry. This is, if you're like me and you're super nerd and you want someone to tell you what to do and then you do it and you have a checkoff list, this is, this is for you. Make a to-do list and make a must-do list. So what you can do is you can just make a big to-do list, but then take the couple of things, prioritize them, like number them in order, prioritize them, and then take like only the top one, two, or three that you have to do for that day. And then everything else moves to the next day. Okay. So make a to-do list, prioritize it, make a must-do list, do only the must-do things, and whatever is left, put on tomorrow's must-do list so you get it done. That can help you stay focused So you don't have all of these, you know, this huge list staring at you like, oh my gosh. And then you get overwhelmed and you do nothing, right? I've been there, done that. Remember, I'm the sticky note queen. They're everywhere. (laughs) So that's great, having a to-do list. But then there's still that piece of, well, I still get distracted and I don't focus and I make excuses, right? So some things to help you with how to follow through with staying focused is first, You have to make sure that your goal is crystal clear. If you can't see your goal, if you can't feel your goal, if you can't smell it, taste it, like if you don't know the ins and outs of your goal, then how are you ever going to connect to what you're working towards? How are you ever going to break down the mini goals to figure out what you have to do? And then how are you ever going to do it? You have to have it clear on what you want. That way you can follow through with the steps needed to get there. The next piece is that you need to figure out your biggest, most emotional reason for doing what you're trying to do. A lot of people call this your why. And then when you figure out that big reason on why you're doing things. So like, for example, a lot of people get healthy and want to lose weight because they see they see people in their family and like their parents and how their health has suffered and they want to make sure that they don't have health issues like that and they want to be an example for their kids. That's a big why for many people. They want to be alive and around for their kids for a long time. That might not be your why. You might have a different why. Okay? But you need to get clear on what your reason is for doing what you're doing, for reaching that goal. Because if it doesn't like hit you in the feels like a ton of bricks, then you need to make adjustments. When you figure out what your big emotional reason is for doing what you're doing, put reminders of that everywhere. Sticky notes on the mirror in your bathroom, sticky notes in your car, 
have reminders pop up on your phone, put pictures everywhere that remind you why you're doing what you're doing. That keeps it at the forefront of your mind and keeps you focused. And then you can continue to feel and envision yourself achieving your goal and fulfilling your why every single day. It's there right in front of you. It's motivating you. It's keeping you focused. Now, step three for taking responsibility and to help you stop making excuses is to really commit. Hold yourself accountable so you do what you need to do. Now, again, I'm going to refer you back to my episode 10 of the podcast because that explains what's called hinging points and hinging points like that's the part that's your unique code that those hinging points for you and they're unique to everybody that's your unique code that keeps you motivated and holds you accountable so for example I'll get, I'll give you an example of one if you're someone who really doesn't like to let people down, then having an accountability partner will be something that will help you keep going and stay motivated. So figure out your hinging points. If you want to know a bunch of other examples of hinging points so you know what that means for you, go listen to that episode and take notes on that. And it'll go through all the different types of hinging points that can help keep you motivated and hold you accountable to taking action every day on your goals. And with that, the next step to committing is to take some kind of action every single day. Because when you stop your momentum, you stop your momentum. And it's really hard to get started again, right? That's when the excuses start kicking in and that voice comes back into your head on why you don't need to do it and why you can take some time off and why you're too tired and why you don't have time and all of that stuff. So take, do something, take some kind of action every single day. And then again, referring back to before, savor that action and feel proud about what you did. And then you can use positive self-talk and practice some very healthy self-care methods to keep your upward momentum going. Cause that's what we're creating here. We're creating a habit that gives you momentum. It's a habit of momentum of positive self-talk and taking care of yourself. And you're working to replace the habit and the cycle of making excuses that keep you stuck. All right. So you're lifting yourself up. You're saying good things about yourself you're feeling proud of your little tiny, no matter what accomplishments, every single time you do them and no matter how small they are, you're taking care of yourself so you have the energy to keep going. And even those self-care methods on the day, on the days where, you know, you can't do the bigger things because, you know, things happen and you can't, you know, nobody's perfect but you can do the things that help your mind. Those are just as important as the things that help your body. So keep your momentum going by doing something, taking some sort of action every single day. And then never, ever quit. Never quit. I want you to adopt the can't stop, won't stop attitude. That's vitally important. Just keep going. Because in the words of Jen Sincero, in order to kick ass, you must first lift up your foot. 
years ago, you probably wouldn't have caught me journaling because, you know, I was, I had too much pride to do something like that, but journaling changed my life for sure, because it allowed me to, and I went through phases of journaling. It's very kind of interesting. You know, I went through a very long time where I was very structured with my journaling. And there was a couple reasons for that. The first reason was it helped hold me accountable by having structure. And so then I, and I'm kind of a nerd. So I kind of like, I had to fill it in every day, you know, like I had a certain format that I used and, and how I did it. And then as I would get bored with that format, I would change it up and do something new. So I just kind of kept changing what I did and how I did it. But it really was a superb outlet for me just to get out some of the stuff that was in my head. And one of the biggest things that helped me with was changing my negative self-talk to myself because I started, it allowed me to pay attention to how, like what I was thinking because I was putting it down on paper. And so then I started to become more intentional about what I was thinking instead of all the crap that just automatically popped up in my head through you know, habit through years of just not paying attention and letting my mind do the things that it does because it thinks it's trying to protect me. So yeah, journaling was huge. It, it, it allowed me to get a lot of that stuff out and it allowed me to practice positive self-talk. And then the, one of the biggest things that it allowed me to do was to start intentionally practicing gratitude. Every single day I would write out three to five things that I was grateful for. And let me tell you how, just what a tremendous difference that made in my demeanor in my overall happiness, because I started to value everything that I had in my life. Instead of looking at what I didn't have, I was able to look at everything that I did have, everything that was going right instead of the few things that were going wrong, it really helps with your perspective of those things. And it was life-changing for me. So yeah, if you, you know, are just starting out journaling, I recommend, there's one you can order on Amazon that's just called like the five minute journal. And it's really easy and it's formatted and it's really, you don't have to think too much about what, like a lot of people don't like journaling because they're like, well, I don't know what to write, you know? But with that, like you just fill out what it has there and it's nice and it has like different quotes and stuff that you can just kind of reflect on daily. Otherwise, yeah, the basic format is just like write out some gratitudes, some affirmations, what you're looking forward to, how yesterday went. Yeah, things like that just to keep it simple. I know Mel Robbins has a really great journal. Also, I used it. I used hers too. It was very similar to this one. It's a little bit more involved if, if you want something that can kind of work as a little bit of a planner also, that one's kind of nice because you can kind of outline like what your, how, what your day is going to look like. So when you start with that journal, you can do like the journaling piece and then you can also get out the crap in your head that you're thinking about that you need to get done during the day. So that kind of works nice too with, you know, the training that I just did as far as making your to-do list and your must-do list, and then you can kind of transfer that over. I think bullet journaling kind of does that too on organizing like your to-dos and stuff like that. I, I haven't, I don't know a whole lot about bullet journaling. I think I maybe was going to start doing it and then it was a little more involved than I wanted to, to get. And if it's, if it's too involved, then I won't do it. 
So I need to keep it simple. So that's all I have today for making sure you quit making excuses and you keep your momentum going and you figure out what the heck's going on in my head. Why do I keep self-sabotaging myself like this by making all these excuses? I hope that was helpful for you guys. I hope you ladies have a wonderful week. Thanks for joining me and we'll see you. I don't know, probably in like a week and a half. I'm probably on a week from Friday, maybe. So we'll see you then, hopefully. All right. Have a great night. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Shed the Shame. If you liked what you heard today, I'd love if you subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please share it with anyone that you think it would resonate with. If you feel so inspired to, please leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode on Facebook or Instagram. I greatly, greatly appreciate your love and support.